stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and happy December. This is Tony Gapastone coming at you live in Redwood City, California. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm Caucasian guy with brown hair and uh, glasses today. And I'm wearing a Christmas tree on a roof of a red pickup looking thing uh, with a jacket in the Brave Maker Studio because I'm going to the Bay Area Film Mixer tonight. So it's gonna be a party December 7th. If you're watching this live, still time for you to get tickets. And uh, you can always find me on the socials at Tony Gap. So my name or my website, TonyGap.com. But Christina Ray Jackson is not with us. She's taking the month of December off, lucky her. But we have none other than our friend and occasional co-host, Jason Fong. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, what's up? This is Jason Fong, a.k.a. Jason Your Face. Pronouns he, him. Actor, artist, and black belt. Woo! Um, yeah, I have some big shoes to fill and a big personality to fill as well. Um, but yeah, I am a Chinese-American male uh, wearing a black t-shirt that says my, uh, let's see here, the force is strong in my family. It's a shirt I got at Disneyland a long time ago. Um, yeah, and I have a goatee. And of course, everyone is handsome on a podcast. <laughs> gor- gor- I might say just gorgeous bald head, like a nice there dome, nicest dome on the internet. Yes. Uh, Jason, uh, thanks for being here. We love having you on the show. And today, just you and me with some really special guests. So before they come on, Christine and I always ask this question about what did you do this week? So one thing, if you did one thing a week, that'd be 52 things a year that you were doing to advance your career or your goals forward. So what was that for you this week? What'd you do? Wow. You know, I'm just always creating more TikToks and content around my art to try to get that out there. And uh, honestly, got a big, big sale today. Uh, So that was kind of nice. Yeah, it was very cool. So braving my way with uh, just trying to keep up with the social and getting that marketing going. Um, You know how we always talk about the balance between marketing and creative stuff. So. How about you, Tony? Half of this work is marketing yourself. So I have, uh, I had a great Zoom today with someone in LA who has some influence and some, some connection in the industry, uh, runs a a thing uh, that I'm trying to not release quite yet until we we get something in ink, but uh, he's a mover and a shaker in LA and he does a lot of things for screenwriters. And we're looking to brave a connection with him and his company for Brave Maker for our film fest in July. But it was really cool. At the end, I just said, hey, I'm looking for reps. I, I had an agent in LA at one point. I don't right now. He's like, send me your stuff, send me your scripts, and I'll see what I can do. So you just never know, y'all. Just asking for what you need and telling people and making connections. It's all about those relationship builds. So that felt really good. And we'll see where that goes. Sounds good. So everybody go after it. If you're listening to this on the replay on our audio podcast, or even just watching live, I see a bunch of you are on live or we're glad you're here. Feel free to type in the chat questions, comments. This is episode 173 of the Brave Maker podcast. And today we have some young actors who are in a major motion picture, a film on Netflix by a very major motion picture legendary director. Uh, The legendary director's name is Richard Linkletter. And the film is called Apollo 10 and a half. And so we have three of those actors who are with us today. So we're going to welcome none other than our very own intern, Jessica B. Cohen. Jessica, welcome. Hey, there she is. 
And we have here. Danielle Gilbo. Hi. Welcome, Danielle. And Thank we'll you. see. We'll see. We're having fingers crossed that we have Milo Coy. Milo, are you here? Milo, Milo. Hey. Yes, we have Milo. <laughs> Fantastic. Milo, you might want to come a little closer to the camera. We'll get you. But I'm going to turn it over to Jason. Jason's going to start us off with our, our favorite uh, question to start the show. Yeah. So what we'd like to start off with is your origin story, uh, you know, because you are the star of your story. So uh, I'll throw it over to Milo. What is your origin story? Uh like how I got into acting, you mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I've always wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an actor since I was in like pre-K and stuff. Um, I wanted to be Bumblebee and drive down a building. Uh, <laughs> nice. Before I learned that was CGI. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. That was cool. Right on. We'll kick it over to Danielle. Your origin story. Yeah, for sure. I was nine and I got to be Cindy Lou Who in the Broadway national tour of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And it was one of the best experiences in my life. And then after that, I got to actually do a tour with my sister. So I did the national tour of Sound and Music with her. And then I started doing um, iMovies. I don't know if you all remember that. And I decided I wanted to get into film and TV. And I got my first leading role in Richard Linkletter's Apollo Ten and a Half. Nice. That's amazing. I still yeah. do. I still do iMovie. Just so you know, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. that and last but not least, Jessica, your origin story. So I started off, uh, really, my whole acting journey began when I moved to, to Austin when I was like I think around seven. So like the week we were there, my mom saw this like theater like thing to audition to be like a munchkin slash flying monkey and into the woods. So I did that audition. I got in with like that theater program and I kept doing kind of different shows with them. And musical theater has always been like my first, my first the love. I'm so passionate about it. Um, and later as it went on, um, I got an, an agent through one of those um, workshops, uh, you know, where you can, you know, act scenes and everything. Those things are really great for like making connections. So I got an agent um you know manager and i started doing short films and then uh 2019 got the audition for apollo and 2020 we filmed it and here we are <laughs> awesome <laughs> so this is all a big deal for you all for your big break yeah. into a feature film we're gonna dive in and talk about what it was like to work with richard linkletter by the way if you do not know uh that we have our very own jessica cohen as a blog writer of the Brave Maker blog. Go and check out her her blog and learn more about what we're doing here. We're really excited for the work that she's doing. Uh, we're going to show some of that today. But um, I want to, so I, I want to show the, the trailer of Apollo 10 and a half. And, but before we do, can you all just kind of first say like your your first experience being on on set? Like what was the first day like for you? Give us a little yeah. bit of a picture of what it was like to walk on this official Netflix production. Why don't we start with you, Danielle? It was insane because first of all, that's where Spy Kids and Sharkboy and Lava Girl were filmed. And I was a big fan of those, still am. And I was like, oh my God, I'm walking in their shoes, I'm here. It's this giant, I think it used to be an airplane cavern with like a 30 foot green screen, covered the floor. And then you just see a table with Richard Linkletter, Mike Blizzard, and then Jessica, Sam, Milo, Josh, Natalie. 
and everyone's already talking and chatting it up. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have so much fun. Jessica, what about you? It was really similar. It was like this moment of disbelief walking into the studio. Cause you, I, I, you know, being an actor, it's rare that you get jobs. Uh, and like the very occasional times, like when you do at least starting off, it's amazing. But especially this was like the most amazing like moment of like of my one of the most craziest moments of my life so far you know walking in and seeing um i already knew some of the people such as danielle so it was it was really cool um and rick we, we call him rick he's just rick. It, it was just amazing. everyone was chill and it was an amazing first day it was so cool on the screen, if you are watching us live, uh, you'll see the link to Jessica's blog, and she mentions all of you, which is super fun. <laughs> and uh, I will encourage you to go check it out at bravemaker.com. You can see at the top of our screen uh, is a link called blog, and you can read more in detail about this whole thing and see some really cool pictures behind <laughs> the scenes that Jessica had. What about you, Milo? What was first day like for you? Uh, I remember going on the set, and I saw I knew I, we had gone to the thing, the fourth audition where you saw a bunch of people, and I already knew some people, but I didn't really talk to them very much. Uh, I saw Rick, and I saw um, Natalie, Josh, and Sam, and uh, Danielle, and Jessica, and uh, I mean, it was just really cool because it had always been what I wanted to do, and just realizing that's where I was and that's what I was doing was really awesome. All right. So if you have not seen the film, we're going to watch a quick trailer. Uh, there might be slight spoilers in our conversation today, but it's a uh, it's, it's a fun film. It's rotoscope. So it's a type of animation. And we're going to talk in depth about that. But let's take a look at the trailer. There's our kid. Mission for what? We accidentally built the lunar module. A little too small. How'd that happen? Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. Okay. We need a kid like you to test this accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our only hope. Okay. Great. Let's forget about all this for now. We'll come back to this part later. First, let me tell you about life back then. Living in the Houston area in the late 60s, it was a great time and place to be a kid. But the world was changing and so was how we saw ourselves in it. Right on. <laughs> Mom, is that one a hippie? Yeah, yeah, that's a hippie. How about that one? No, his hair's not long enough. But he's wearing bell bottoms. Okay, that's a hippie. I think I like hippies. This is a covert operation. That means it does not exist. No one can know about this. Not your parents, not your brothers, not your sisters. No one. Three, two, one. T minus 60 seconds and count. Ignition sequence starts. Six, five, four, Stan, are you ready? Five. Ready. Apollo 10 and a half. This is Houston. Do you read?
come on, I got chills. It's so cool. And Stan, yeah. how, how fun was it to play the young version of Jack Black? Like Jack Black is the narrator of this and you get to play the young Jack Black. Uh, it's pretty cool. I actually, for the first few days, they gave us the script and um, I was in fourth grade and was really bad at reading or at least wasn't a fast reader. So I didn't even read the full thing or couldn't. Um, and I walked on the set one day and they uh, they told me that and I was just, it was crazy because I didn't even know it, but everyone else knew it. So good. All right, Jason, turn it over to you. Dig in here. Yeah, so seeing the trailer just brings back a lot of memories of of, of just watching the the film, and and so you guys are all so much younger than I, yeah. right? It's almost like a period piece. So you know, there's things that I recognize, like Batman for the original Batman, Adam West, uh, Jiffy Pop on the stove, tuna casserole, all that stuff. So, what was it like for you guys? Um, you know, playing these roles in a, in a in a era that is really not you know and maybe foreign to you uh what was that adjustment like anybody jump in there yeah it was really really cool because i could ask my parents a lot of questions because they grew up not exactly in houston but in surrounding areas of texas during that time and so if i had any questions i would just go to them and it was really cool to see how little rules there were like we could they could ride in the back of a truck on a highway. <laughs> I was shocked, but um, it was it was also interesting because it was filmed on a green screen, so we weren't even actually there, so we didn't have many props. I think the couch was real, and that was about it. <laughs> um, so I think that was just really, really cool to have all of you guys to just act with and kind of play off of. And uh, we used our imaginations a lot. As we would hope you would. That's great to hear the imagination part. Yeah, Jessica, anything, uh, any insight on, on and, and experience that you had there that, that's yeah. memorable? I just thought the whole thing, kind of being able to like um, immerse myself like, you know, like in the culture of the 60s, I've always been such a fan of like historical, like, like just in general learning about a time period, like historical fiction, all that kinds of stuff. And being able to like wear the cl same clothes as like someone in the sixties would wear, listen to the same music, like the monkeys, for example, that was who Jana was obsessed with. And it's just even going listening to it now, it's so nostalgic. Cause like, I feel like I'm in the sixties whenever I listen to that. It's just doing all the stuff sixties kids would do, including, you know, lack of safety, and uh, all, all that stuff it was so cool to just kind of feel like i was in like a whole another world and it was really fun yeah milo what was your takeaway as far as a world without iphones and you know modern <laughs> technology uh i mean it was pretty cool uh it was pretty weird to see everything how it was different and how different it is from now but I mean, it was, I mean, it was just cool. It was awesome being in a time frame that was certainly not anywhere near where I grew up. So I'm imagining that you all didn't have a ton of experience being in feature films, uh, as well as a lot of knowledge maybe on your own about who Richard Linkletter is and or was. So I'd love to hear you talk about your experience working 
as an actor working with just a director in general, but then knowing what you know now, maybe that this director is a huge influence in cinema and, and film history. Uh, I just love to hear you talk about what it was like to be directed by him. And if you have any significant stories of things he told you or helped you to bring your characters to life in this really unique telling uh, of the story that he brought to life. Danielle, how about you? I'll start with you. Yeah. So first of all, in a director, it's really cool when they can be patient, especially with, uh, with kids. And then also <laughs> when they can tell you exactly what they're looking for because I find that's something that not all people can do and Rick was really great about that and I, I know one thing he told us when we were first starting uh, I think it was like the second day of rehearsals he said I'm gonna give you the script but I don't want you to put too much time into it I want you to just be yourselves and I want you to be very natural so we all got hired because we seemed like real kids and not stiff actors essentially and he said that's what he loved about us and that's why it was going to make the movie great and so with his direction that i think that really turned out well plus i think my parents were the ones who told me how much influence he had over the film world and how just incredible he was as a person and as a filmmaker and so to realize that made me a little nervous but he was so super chill and it didn't matter at all. And as we call him Rick now, so mm -hmm. clearly so. he's okay. <laughs> he's not stiff at all. Jessica, what about you? Yeah, um, I think in general, he was such, you know, he was so, so kind and he was, one thing I really liked is he gave us the chance to like play around. He gave us the chance to be flexible with how we did it. You know, we would do as film is, we do, you know, different takes of the same things multiple times. And each time we were able to like kind of play around, he would be like, okay, do it this way for another time. And even if we didn't necessarily get it right the first time, he was so patient and he was just, he was like kind of a go with the flow kind of guy. Um, in which I really appreciate because being on set can be really stressful. There's like so much going on, bunch of people all around, like part of the set and just have that kind of presence that wasn't like, it wasn't, even though I knew, you know, he was a huge deal. It wasn't like intimidating or anything. It just, it just, I really, you know, felt at home in the studio and on the set. Cool. Milo, anything stand out for you? Uh, meeting Rick was pretty cool. I didn't really know who he was at all. And when I first met him, I didn't recognize him at all. Because um, I met him while I was playing kickball, I think. Because that's what we were doing. And uh, I mean, after knowing who he is now compared to what I knew then, it's, I mean, it's crazy that I did stuff like that. Or something as crazy as that and met someone as awesome as him, he is and uh i mean like we just it was just awesome and it was the whole set environment was calm or not i don't want to say calm but uh chill yeah. <laughs> and you all have very chill vibes too so maybe that's why you're all selected for your chill vibe the richard linkletter chill vibe i love it <laughs> never know yeah I have a question from Sky. Sky is one of our interns. So, hi, Sky. 
Sky says, for those who have a background in theater, what was the transition to feature film like, especially with a project that relies so heavily on green screen? Jessica, how about you? We'll start with you. It was, it was interesting. At the very beginning of being cast, I didn't know that it was going to be green screened. I didn't know it was going to be rotoscoped. I thought it was going to be like live action. So having a background in, in theater, it's still, you know, I've done a few short films before doing it. So I wasn't fully foreign to the world of film, but add a green screen on top of it. And it's like, it changes everything. So with like the question, like with having a background in theater, it, it was, it always helps when you have like that background um, because, you know, being an actor is being an actor. Uh, you know, you have to be used to, you know, performing even on film it's very different you have to be more nuanced and laid back but with the green screen it was it was it was really honestly really fun but also kind of intimidating because we were in front of like a background we didn't know i didn't know what background it was gonna be and like the only things that we could see that, that weren't um green screen were things we could like, touch like the couch the car um the tv remote um so it was an interesting transition. Uh, it was really unique to kind of move into that world of green screen and feature film. And it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Milo, theater. Uh, I was like, oh. No, you can go. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was I didn't really do theater that much before that. That was pretty much my first acting thing in general. But um, afterwards, I did some theater things and just seeing the difference from theater compared to a massive green screen that we were on every day. Um, it's it's a lot different, but I it's just a lot different. There's no way to really compare the two because they're two different things. Completely. And then Danielle, you've been on Broadway. So hello from that <laughs> to the green screen. What's the transition like for you? Yeah, I think it was different because I had to learn that the acting was in my eyes and not my entire body. Uh, Cause I wasn't playing to a balcony. I was playing to a camera half a foot in front of my face right so good distinction it took a minute to get used to but to be honest i think the green screen and rick's guidance uh made it a lot easier because it felt more like i was playing and i could be natural instead of having to put myself into a character which i hadn't really experimented with before uh in film anyway and so i think it it actually helped to have a green screen because it made it feel more like i was just playing around and i wasn't worried as much about uh, being nuanced. So guys, I have a question. What was the audition process for you guys? What was it like? Um, Jessica. Um, it was, it was interesting. It started off, um, um, with a self tape as so many are, it started off with a self tape. I did, it was like, um, forgetting exactly what it was. It was some kind of monologue. Um, and Forgetting the exact like timeline of how long each process took, but for me there were three processes before I was I was cast. So yeah, there was like the initial self tape, and then there was the I no not everyone did this, but I yeah, I had some kind of table read where one day I went into a room in the studio. It wasn't the green screen room, but there were you know some other kids, and 
we read some certain scenes from the script. Um, so that was fun. I, it was my first kind of taste of getting to see kind of what the project really, really looked like on the page. And it was, it was really cool. And then a few weeks later, I think um, there was, um, I was invited uh, to do something called the chemistry read, which I had never, before then I had never gone to. So that was crazy to get that email. I mean, you're going to a chemistry read. I was like, I hardly even knew what that was. So uh, we went to the studio and that was the first time we saw, I saw like the green screen. Cause that was where we did the chemistry read was where we filmed for so long. And so that was crazy. So for me, I, it was a really fun day. We were there for several hours and we did stuff like playing kickball and like playing Foursquare and doing improv. And it was, it was so much fun. And by the end of that day, I didn't expect it to be that soon. By the end of that day, I was told I was Jana at that night. And so it was a really, it was, it was, um, you know, from the very last step of um, auditioning to the, like the process of becoming, uh, you know, process of getting the role, it was, like just a matter of hours so that was kind of crazy yeah how rare is that that's awesome yeah, yeah. isn't that awesome like the, the two words every actor wants to hear you're, <laughs> you're hired you're yeah. hired um danielle yeah what was i your, had uh, a yeah. very different process than oh, literally wow. everybody else i <laughs> from the time i got the audition to the time of booking i think it was three days which never happens for theater i think it was like two months before you even knew you got a call back and in film it's usually the same way so that was really shocking i think my first audition i had i had i think i had signed up a little later than most people and so i kind of got in just in time i was one of the last people they were seeing and i was a little nervous because i actually had to just answer questions and be myself i was like oh my god i'm not a character what if they don't like me um and then I did fine. I geeked out about filmmaking and Greek mythology, and it was awesome. And then the next day, I found out that I got the chemistry read, which, again, super shocking. Um, and I think the most intimidating part was that while we were doing kickball and Foursquare, we were being watched by Rick and Vicky Boone, the casting director, and Mike Blizzard, the producer. And they were holding clipboards and like whispering to each other. Oh, wow. like, I am playing ping pong right now. I am so bad at ping pong. If there is, <laughs> I will not get hired. But uh, it wasn't all about that. And then we did a really fun improv scene. And I also, I didn't know that Jessica was going to be there because we've, I think we had known each other for five years before that. And we thought it was super cool that we might be able to play sisters. And uh, obviously we did get to, which was just incredible. But after that, yeah, I went to go eat dinner with my family. They were like, yeah, it's cool if you don't get it. You know, you just, you went out there, you were yourself, you had fun. That's the main thing. And then we were eating since we were at a restaurant and I, uh, we were eating and my mom got a call from the casting director and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, one second. And she took the call. She's like, hello. And then she came over to me. She said, Danielle you got the part of Stephanie. And I swear to God, I stood up and screamed so loud. <laughs> and I think everyone at the restaurant thought I was a psychopath or something. They all looked at me really weird, but I did not care. I was, I think I was probably one of the happiest times of my life. It was amazing. 
That is awesome. Um, all right, Milo, what was your audition process like? So the Andrew Bajowski uh, told my mom, he emailed my mom about the about the audition for Apollo and he said like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that there's um, this character that you audition for and he's exactly like Milo is what he said. And uh, and I was at my after school thing, which I did for a while. Either way, I, I was playing dodgeball. And then after my, mo- my mom picked me up and she said, I have some exciting news. And she told me that uh, I, I could audition for this thing. So I ended up doing it. Got, I did, I think the first one was this, um, was an in-person reading. And they asked, uh, one of the questions I remember is like, they asked if, I could create my own world, what would it be? I said, uh, I think I said that there, I would want there to be like a zombie world where you could just go around and blowing up zombies and stuff. Uh, and then after that, uh, I got called back um, and I kept getting called back. And then the chemistry read, uh, I, I saw everybody, I did the chemistry read. I met Rick, didn't know it was Rick, but, um, and, uh, then I think, I don't remember how long it was after, but, uh, a little while after, uh, my dad comes in the, uh, he, I was at his work and he comes in the room and he, uh, he goes, all right, I have to hurry, but, uh, also you got the role in the movie. Um, and then he leaves like, uh, 10 seconds later. (laughs) It was really funny. Uh, and I was playing games with my friend, um, and he was the first person I told, and then I called like everyone I knew. Such a cool story, y'all. Wow, yeah. very, very cool. And so happy to see that happen in your lives. Uh, you definitely are so fortunate to have that because many people yeah. did not get that experience. And it's rare at your young age to be able to have that. So kudos to you. We have a question from a, another student who is a filmmaker, Tommy, who is one of our Brave Maker interns. He asked, how did you balance your academic and social life with the production of the film? Great question. Yeah. Go ahead, Danielle. Well, we had set school. So I think we had a variety of set teachers, maybe three, and they were all super great. And so whenever we we were done filming a shot, we'd go back into the set room and just make sure, you know, if if we had to have headphones on, it didn't mess up our hair, stuff like that. (laughs) And yeah, I'd just be doing algebra and then I'd go film and then come back to my lesson because I was already homeschooled. So it wasn't really that hard to transition. I just brought my schoolwork with me. Um, And then as far as my social life, I think we first of all, we all became really great friends. We became like brothers and sisters and we still are. And so I think I didn't really need to worry about my social life outside of Apollo 10 and a half because for three months, whatever it was, we were just best friends. Um, and we saw each other every day. So it was great. I love those set friendships that come up. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, Miley, you want to add anything? Miley can go. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really, uh, I'm pretty sure I was the only one there who wasn't homeschooled at the time. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, there was the onset teacher and we had like four of them, I think. 
Um, all of them were very nice. And uh, I remember that uh, I played Scrabble most of the time because mm. I didn't do my work or I didn't do my work. I don't know. I wasn't a very good kid. Um, <laughs> um, but either way, I played Scrabble. And I remember on the last day, um, I was in my space suit that I wore and um my i we fin i was only gonna be in there for like one hour not even an hour like 10 minutes or something and we were able to finish all my work that i had gotten in the beginning of the time we had to film the thing and in the end uh after right after i finished like less than a minute later my dad walks in and he says hey i have a new stack of work and he brings a stack double the size it that the original was dad don't you know I'm a star? What's up with that? <laughs> well, let me say, uh, just for those of you watching and listening, there is a, a thing that, you know, kids and then parents of kids who are in the industry need to know is there are rules around this and especially a film that's being done by Richard Linklater, the union, the Screen Actors Guild would only allow the talent, the actors to work a certain amount of hours a day. I believe it's it six hours or is it eight hours for you? I think it was eight for us. It was eight. For you. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you're probably like a teenager till a 17, I think you have eight hours. And if you're younger adolescent, I think it's six hours, mm -hmm. but they also have to, they're mandated to do what's called a studio teacher on set. So mm -hmm. if this is something you are interested in getting your kids into, uh, find out more about what that looks like. You have to have a work permit, uh, so you can do it as well as do keep up with studies and things like that. I, it's probably really challenging no matter what, as you just heard Milo say, to get a stack of homework <laughs> while you're also the star of a movie. Uh, it's not easy, but there are some guidelines in place to help protect kids and, and their families and their time. So that's a really cool thing. I also wanted to say, I watched the film and it's obviously there's a creativeness to it. It's, it's a story. Uh, the animation and the craft, which next week, this is a teaser. We have the animation team coming to be here. And we have Mike Blizzard, one of the producers coming on our show. So maybe you all want to watch next week and be in the chat as they're here. <laughs> We're going to talk more about all the art and the craft of it, but there's a cool, it's history. It really is. There's some really cool history that's happening in the sixties. That was really inspiring. I watched it with my kids and I, I didn't grow up in the sixties either, but that was a really fun part of it. So, uh, we have time for probably two more questions. So I'm going to do a quick one and then I'll toss it up for Jason. What's something you learned about sixties? What's a piece of history that was kind of like elevated for you as you were acting it out? Jessica, I'll start with you. Um, one, I learned how obsessed some people were with the music of that time, including my character, Jana, who, as I mentioned before, was part of the character description was obsessed with the monkeys. Um, and it was along with also, as we mentioned before, about all the all the the, um, the safety regulations, the, the lack, I should say, of safety regulations. Um, but uh, going back to like the music part, I thought that was a really cool piece of culture. How you know the, it was coarser as the Beatles, but there are all these other really cool, um, cool you know bands and music. There are different parts in the in the movie in Apollo where a lot of different music of the time is is playing all these different eclectic songs from the period, which is I think was really cool and in, in setting the mood. And I thought that was a really, um, really cool you know part of part of the history of of, of the time was the music. Yeah, great. I love it. Milo, what about you? What'd you learn? Uh, I mean, for one, I didn't know what Astro World was. Um, and 
I was pretty bummed when I learned that's not a thing anymore. Um, <laughs> so learned, much, so much from the past is no longer here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I learned. I mean, it was really interesting learning about how everything, how like the music and just everything that was around then that's people don't really talk about as much now like and like root as uh jessa said like um the safety rules were not very existent and uh back then and the food it was really interesting and stuff like that it was cool to learn about stuff then that's not really around as much now isn't there a scene where you're eating like a TV dinner or something like that? Or there's, yeah, that was yeah. that was fun. They don't have those kind of things anymore. Uh, Microwavable meals were definitely a lot different in the past. Yeah, I also uh, I ate a bag of um, uh, Frito pie. Oh yeah, that was delicious. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Frito pie, I love it, Danielle. Yeah, um, I think. Well, one thing was interesting just to see the Cold War playing out and the different, I think it was advertisements they had with the, and the, what do you call them, like jingles for, you know, hiding under your desk. And so they showed clips of that um, being rotoscoped over. And I thought that was really interesting to see. And then also, you know, what they said with the music and everything. Also, I thought the different TV shows were just so different. We actually had uh, we had homework, which was to watch 2001 Space Odyssey, Twilight Zone, nice. um, Planet of the Apes. Like we had a bunch of movies and I just started geeking out with Rick about them, like theories. But it was just uh, a whole different era of film as well. And I thought that was really cool. And now I am educated in that era of film and TV, I would like to say. Nice. All right. Last question from Jason. Those are great classics, man. That's, that's amazing. I love that you guys were able to um, do that as homework. Um, So for, for all of you, what, what would you like to do next in terms of a a feature film? If you had your choice and, and, and someone said, Hey, you know what? Your next project is going to be a feature film. What genre, what would you like to do? Is there a franchise that you'd like to be a part of? Um, I'll just throw it out there to Milo to start. Uh, well, I'm a huge nerd. Like, I have lost most of my money to the comic book store. Yeah. Um, so, um, I like DC and Marvel, and uh, those are the two big ones, obviously. Um, so it would be cool to be a part of a superhero type thing or something. Awesome, like awesome. Well, you kind of worked with them as superhero. I mean, you worked with Shazam, right? I mean, yeah. basically, you shared scenes with him. So, <laughs> very cool. I got him to sign my uh, uh, I think it's written by Jeff King. I forgot. Um, it's a, uh, it's one of the Shazam comics I have, and it's cool. Awesome. Kick it over to Danielle. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question. I'm very <laughs> passionate about this. Um, Definitely Marvel. I just, ugh, I'm <laughs> and I, oh, well, I do karate, so I do taekwondo, and I'm orange advanced belt, so just started. But nice. learning those karate moves and kicking butt all the time, going to the gym for fun. I love working out, and then also watching stuff and uh, putting yourself in those shoes. And I like to recreate shots with green screen. Cool. And, uh, 
I'm going, I'm working on DaVinci Resolve, so. Oh, nice. Editing, come on, yeah. coloring, good. Marvel, definitely Marvel. <laughs> She's putting it out there, guys. Put yeah, if anywhere. anyone needs uh, a young girl for Marvel, please let me know. Yeah, she she's, she's got the Taekwondo going, and yeah. Yeah. Jessica, last but not least. So I'm probably one of the only people I know who I've hardly watched. I've watched like one Marvel movie. I have to watch more of that. I know. And no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, if I had to choose, God, I'd love to be part of so many things. If I had to choose, one thing that I, I realized is I really love, um, you know, we were talking a lot about like culture and stuff earlier. I really love getting to be getting to experience the world through a different time period, you know, in like the yeah. 60s. So ideally getting to do something, you know, either in the, in the past or in the future, it would be really cool. You know, something um, where you can experience different parts of, you know, culture, like, you know, different, you know, outfits, different music, kind of same deal as Apollo. That's, I'd love to, you know, submerse myself in a, a culture and ideally in some kind of, um, some film, not sure what it would be about, but something um, ideally, um, I don't know, just something uh, that is just kind of real and uh, emotional and maybe funny. Just in general, just something, a movie that people would watch and that I'd be really passionate about, which would probably be a, most most movies I'd be part of. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's like, just something, y'all. Give me yeah. something. Yeah. I give me a job. Just give me a job. I'll, I'll do it. It's got to be yeah. good. You Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we really hope you all get some stuff. We know you will. Thanks for sharing all of your journeys on Apollo 10 and a half. If you're listening or watching and you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Don't miss it. And we're going to end with our lightning round. Stay tuned. Brave Faves. TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave Faves. Start with Jason. Awesome. Oh, my Brave Fave is Wednesday on Netflix. Oh. Yeah. Um, love it. Love it. Love it. You know, uh, as a child, I, was, I watched, I, I believe I was watching uh, reruns of the black and white Adams family. Um, you know, it was entertaining, but, but I really wasn't a huge fan just because I was a kid. So I didn't, you know, absorb it too much and, or fully understand everything. But the series is so cool. It's so fun. Um, and, and yeah, oh, the dance scene for sure. Uh, very entertaining. Um, yeah, that's my brave fave. I, I had to binge it. I would agree. And since you said it, I'm going to let that, I'm going to do my, another one. I'm going to say the white Lotus on HBO max. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. I have been di diving in to obviously season two, but I have been looking at all the theories going down a lot of uh, Reddit trails and I cannot <laughs> wait to watch the season finale coming up this week. So oh my, gosh. my brave fave is White Lotus. It's very, 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 very juicy, y'all. Probably yeah. not not for you all to watch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody else listening who's an adult and over 18, yes, you can. It's, it's, it's in it's in Italy. So all right. Jessica, what do you have? Okay. So this might not be super new. It came out in November, uh, November in 2021. But you know what? As I've mentioned, I'm a theater kid. I, I have to say it. Tick, tick, boom. Starring Andrew Garfield, directed by uh, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda. I have a poster up here of him, uh, of, <laughs> nice. of the movie. Just everything about it. The songs. This week I was listening to the songs again. 
it's just such an amazing story about this amazing um, mm -hmm. musical theater writer, uh, Jonathan Larson, who um, wrote, wrote Rent. And it, it's just such a story. And I know it's dedicated to everyone in the arts because it really shows the realities of how hard it can be and also how fulfilling. And that's definitely my brave fave. So good. All right, Milo, what you got? Uh, pretend I'm not stumped. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not really watching anything new currently. I, The Office is my favorite show of all time. We'll take yeah. it. We'll take uh, it. I've seen it like 15 times. <laughs> um, but currently I'm watching the Superfan episodes, which are the extended cuts. All right. The yeah. Office, reruns, rewatch. Danielle, what you got? Yeah, I was going to say Wednesday too because so good. I swear the fight scenes in that. Yes. For being a Marvel nerd and then Jenna Ortega being so perfect for that. Yes. But also have to say, I don't know if y'all have seen the series Sweet Tooth. It's getting season two. It's a post-apocalyptic world with hybrids and it was made before the pandemic and they actually predicted a lot of things which is kind of scary like the they had a train full of toilet paper sorry that's one spoiler but like everyone was hoarding toilet paper mm. i was like oh my god this is so accurate in such a funny way and the acting in that is incredible it just brings you to tears um but i i i would say that yeah that's another good one and awesome. watch season two watch season one and then watch season two because it's going to be coming out yeah that's, that's a, a good one. one that's been on my radar so i will take you up and it's also on netflix so sweet tooth yeah. uh this is not a netflix endorsed podcast but we'll take the endorsement but it can be it can be hey y'all thank you so much for uh listening and watching this is episode 173 with three of the young actors from apollo 10 and a half by richard linklater uh don't go away y'all we want to take a photo with you but you all who are watching thank you so much you know, we're a 501c3 nonprofit and all the work that we do is because of special generosity that is shown to us through corporate sponsors and individual donors. In fact, our individual donors, 30 of them, thank you, are going to or are invited to a VIP event on Friday, uh, this Friday, December, what is it? The now I'm like, you know, the ninth, the ninth. So if you are one of our VIP donors, you're gonna have drinks and appetizers at a special location with our board of directors and myself. If you'd like to become a monthly donor, just text the word Brave Maker to four four three two one, and we'll send you an invite, and we'll schmooze and hang out and uh, tell you what's coming up in our fifth year of being a nonprofit film organization in 2023. Uh, next week, do not miss, do not miss Mike Blizzard, the producer who brought all of these cool characters together, another actor, as well as uh, Minnow Mountain, the animation team. We have so many cool things we'll talk about. That's our last show of 2022 next week. So join us and uh, follow all these cool actor kids and see them in their Marvel movies and movies <laughs> in general uh, in the future. All of their their um, Instagrams were in the show notes are in the live chat here. Jason, thank you so much for being here. You were awesome. Thank we'll you. Sometime thank in you. the new year, Danielle and Milo. And yes. Danielle, good luck. And you guys are so inspiring. Keep right. it up. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank Break you. those legs in the future and don't yep. go away. Okay. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.
Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BraveMaker to 44321 or go to BraveMaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.